you ever thrown you a curveball that you weren't sure what to do with? You know, the kind where you think someone should really do something about this. Have you ever thought maybe that someone is me and then found yourself on a grand adventure you never saw coming? Me too. As a special needs mom, I have been saddened by what's available to my son. But instead of wallowing in it, I decided to do something about it. Along the way, I'm meeting extraordinary people and having the most wonderful experiences I never thought I'd have. I'm so inspired by what's happening around me that I want to share it all with you. Living Your Legacy is a community where ordinary people who've been called to create something bigger than themselves can come together to be inspired, connect, learn, and live into the legacies they want to see in the world. I'm your host, Michelle Slaney Travato, and this is the Living Your Legacy Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome again to another episode of the Living Your Legacy show. I'm your host, Michelle Slaney-Travato. And today I want to talk about a real issue that we all have in our lives. You guys have heard this video is king. And when you go on social media, well, that's the stuff we stop and look at. We look at reels and shorts and we look at all these videos of people and we watch what they're saying and we like and love and comment on it. And then someone says, oh, you should be doing videos. And we go, oh, I don't know about that. And the litany of excuses for why we don't do video comes up. And I really wanted to address this because if you're creating your legacy, if you're out there doing these incredible things in the world, you need to let people know. And the best way for them to know is to watch a video. So we need to be doing this stuff, the stuff that scares us that we think, oh, they're so good at it. I could never all that. Well, Today, our guest is going to talk to us about how you can do it too, and going to give some cool tips and strategies for how to do this. So I'd like to take a moment to welcome Andrea Stenberg to the call. Hey, Andrea, so excited you're here. Hey, Michelle, thanks for inviting me. So folks, let me tell you some of the awesome things I know about Andrea. We go back about a couple of years. I've known Andrea for a while. I adore her. She's absolutely amazing. And when she talks about video, she just makes it seem so doable that I'm excited and I wanted to bring her on the call. So here's what you need to know about her. Andrea is a video marketing strategist. I love that. She helps coaches and other heart-centered entrepreneurs explode their visibility and get new clients using video. Right out of the gate, you should see how this could be useful to you. If you don't know what to say, hate how you look, and are intimidated by the technology, Andrea helps you quickly and confidently make client attracting videos. So if all of those are your pain points, you need to keep listening and watching. Stop making it up as you go along and start using a proven video strategy to attract new clients. That's cool because I think so many of us are actually just winging it. I feel like I should do a video about this and not really being intentional or having strategy. So this is going to be really useful. Andrea is also an award-winning blogger and her experience includes helping a client land a major institutional client from one short video, 
creating a marketing campaign that generated 1.3 million in sales in a single year. Well, who doesn't want that? Growing a client's Facebook page by 361%, not 360, 361% in two short months. Oh, I love that. And being in the top five of most viewed profiles in LinkedIn. Again, who doesn't want that? So I am so excited to have someone with this kind of extensive experience. And folks, she's really relatable here on the show. Andrea, I am so excited to get you talking about all these amazing things. Oh, well, I love having a chance to talk about video. So thanks for having me here. Oh, you are so welcome. So Andrea, before we jump into talking about video, one of the things I always ask my guests is about how you got here. Like when you were in grade four and you asked the teacher or the teacher asked you, what do you want to be when you grow up? A video marketing strategist, pretty sure did not make it anywhere on the list because I'm pretty sure that it didn't really exist when we were that young. It wasn't a thing people did. I mean, I grew up with a house that had three TV channels and the TV that you had, the thing you had to actually click to change the channels, no remotes. You had and to the get rabbit up. ears. That you yep. Had the to rabbit adjust. ears. Yep. You had to get, get up yeah. and turn the, like the knob and you only had three channels and there wasn't a lot of choice. So clearly that was not on your, your radar. So how'd you get here? Well, you know, it's really funny is for a long time, I had this idea, like, I don't know how I became an entrepreneur because I'm not entrepreneurial, but um, my parents, one time when they moved, they had a box of my stuff that they gave to me and I was going through it. And there was a couple of things is when I was about nine, a friend of mine and I got some snails that we got from the Creek and we put them in a bowl and then they had laid eggs. And then we had all these baby snails and we got the idea we were going to sell the snails. But I got an idea that, okay, how much can you sell snails for? So I wrote a book about how to care for your snails. And I was going to sell the book with the snails. Only, of course, this was back before computers. So I had to like copy them out on paper and I stapled them together. So that was kind of like my first entrepreneurial thing. And then I also found a cassette tape labeled The Andrea Stenberg Show, where I had a radio show that I was the host and my sister was the guest because it was the two of us. We had one of, remember those, those big giant tape recorders and you had to press play and record at the same time if you wanted to record and it came with a little microphone. And so I interviewed my sister. So I, you know, it was kind of always in the back of my mind, but you know, when I, when I started my business in 2005, it was before Facebook, it was before YouTube. Um, you know, I was offline and I often say I was like kind of dragged kicking and screaming into social media. You know, my best friend from grade three was the one who first invited me on Facebook. And my first reaction was, well, can't we just use a phone like normal people? (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, like over time, I gradually started seeing like the benefit of it for myself as a business owner and then started uh, showing, you know, clients. And I started seeing a lot of my clients like were really freaked out by social media. Like, I don't know what to do about this. And, you know, so I started helping people with this social media. And then about six, seven years ago, as a marketer, I I was a full-time marketer, I could see the writing on the wall, you know, like video is coming. I got to learn how to do this thing. And I, I, my, that one year, my number one business goal was do more video. And you know how many I did that year? I think I did five. 
And it was like all for the same reasons that nobody else wants to do video is I don't like how I look on camera. I, I don't like how I sound. The technology intimidated me. At one point, I was ready to throw my computer out the window trying to edit video. And I didn't know what to say. But, you know, so, you know, I get it. And unlike a lot of people who are teaching entrepreneurs how to do video, I don't come from like a film and television background. I'm not a broadcast journalist. I had to learn by trial and error, and let me tell you, lots of error. I claim to have the worst video on the internet. I did one that the, my first webinar, and then when I looked at the replay, and I was like, that's what my office looks like. That's what I look like. Oh my, I was horrified. So, you know, if I can learn how to do this stuff, seriously, anybody can. It's, it is possible to do. I love and that it's you possible said, to recover from terrible videos too. Awesome. And we're going to address that. So I love that you said all those things and you talked about those fears. You're absolutely right. It's kind of like hearing your voice on, on a recording. You're like, gosh, is that how I sound? Because of course we sound so different to ourselves. Then, and then you think, is that what other people hear? Like, oh, I'm not sure I want them to hear that. Um, and you're right. You look at your office, you look at yourself and you think, mm. so if somebody is, let's start with the first issue. If somebody says, I don't really like how I look or sound, what are some tips that you can give somebody to help them over that hurdle? Well, one thing is I hear a lot of experts who say, oh, just get up on camera. It doesn't matter what you look at. And it's like, you know what? I started wearing makeup entirely because I had to go on camera. So I say if like for me, it's concealer. I have, I have an autoimmune condition. I look like I have two black eyes if I don't have makeup on. So if, if it's concealer is the thing that gives you the confidence to go on camera or putting on a nice top or doing your hair, whatever that thing is, like, don't let anybody else tell you you're being vain. Who cares? Especially I think as women, we get judged a lot by our appearance, rightly or wrongly, we do. And so mm -hmm. do it, whatever you have to do to feel confident. That's like the first thing. Look mm -hmm. as good as you need to look to get on camera. Mm -hmm. um, the next thing is if you're doing like, for example, Instagram has some really nice filters and they'll filter out a lot of stuff. So use them. It's okay. You know, like I'm fine with that. And then the other thing, though, is I think, and this is the most important thing, if you're too focused on like how you look and how other people are, are perceiving you, it's because you're thinking about yourself. And what you need to do is flip around the paradigm and say, okay, who is that person, that client that I'm trying to help? And what's the pain they're in? And how can I help them? Because as soon as you stop thinking about yourself and start thinking about the other person and thinking they're in pain, they're struggling, I am the solution to them, then it becomes so much easier to get on camera because it's not about you, it's about them. And that's really why we're doing video is it's, we're not getting on video to say, I'm amazing, I'm wonderful. No, we're getting on video because we have something to offer people who need what we have to offer. And video lets people find find out that we're the solution to their problem. And when you do that, I think it does. I mean, it's still scary to to get get over it, but you know, go for it. Just do it, and think about that that one person who is going to see your video and go, 
I didn't know somebody could help me with this. Yep, for sure. I love that. So again, thinking about things like uh, maybe what's your favorite color to wear? Um, or if you got, we were discussing this off camera, you know, a great sweater that feels so soft and you feel very comfortable in it. Or um, maybe you need to have a nice picture in your background or, you know, you can look at that. Like you can actually go and, and practice, like go on Zoom, record yourself, come back and look at it. Do I do I look pale? Is there a light on one side? Do I need some brighter colors? Do I, what is this? place around me look like? Is there a better spot in the house? All those things or your office, you know, that you could choose to do. But I love what you said about choose who you're talking to, right? Your video is about them. They're listening and looking at you, not to pick you apart, but for your message. So I love that. That's a great thing. And then thinking about you know, you've all, all of us as women have the friend who like loves makeup and hair, like go visit that friend or get on zoom and be like, Hey, I need to do something. What do you and suggest? I tell you, there's a whole group of people on YouTube with like makeup for women over 40 makeup for women over 50. That's how I learned. I never used to wear makeup. That's how I learned how to do concealer was these women on YouTube. And it's like, they're my best friends. Never met them, never spoken to them, but they helped me get past it. It's really easy to find some way to whatever, whatever your thing is that you feel self-conscious of. There's somebody who will show you how to make it better. Oh, I love that. That's it. Just go to YouTube and search it up and, and have some fun with that. Um, my sister does that all the time for like cool hairdos that she does. I'm like, wow, I need to make time for this. So I love that that's, that's one solution to that side of the issue. Now, what do you suggest to people who have issues around the tech? I mean, there's just, we are inundated with tech. There's always the latest and greatest. The thing you bought is now obsolete the minute you get it out of the package because the next newest thing is out. So what do you suggest to people when that becomes really overwhelming? Well, one of the things is um, the technology, like you don't need the best, brightest, fastest camera on the market to create great video. In fact, about 10 years ago, I went out and invested in an HD video camera and it is now in a drawer somewhere over there in my office because it is not as powerful as my cell phone. My cell phone, cause this HD camera doesn't shoot in 4k. My cell phone does. Um, it doesn't do great in low light. My cell phone's got all these bells and whistles to, for low light. Um, my cell phone will do vertical videos. It will do square videos. I don't know. It practically makes coffee. It's so powerful and fancy. So if you've got, if you bought a cell phone in say the last five years, you've got the camera you need. You do not need anything more than that. In fact, 90% of my videos I record with my cell phone. Cool. That's good to know. And you're right, because, you know, the cell phones do have the latest and greatest and all that. So what do you suggest around some of the other tech, like your computer or lighting or microphones? Mine's clearly in the screen here. So what do you suggest about that? Well, I mean, the, if you're going to invest in one piece of technology, a microphone is the way to go, because there's lots of data that shows if your video quality isn't spectacular, but the content is okay, people will stay and keep watching. 
if your audio is poor, like if it's crackly, if there's lots of background noise, if it if it fades in and out, people will click away. So if you can invest in a microphone, that is a great thing. I actually have here, this is my favorite microphone. It's a little Rode shotgun mic I got on Amazon for about $100. Now, this one, it plugs into a headphone jack, which most cell phones don't have. And I was thinking when I got my new cell phone, I was like, I'm going to have to get a new microphone. It's like, no, no, no. I got this little adapter that plugs in here cool. and plugs into my cell phone with a charging port. And it cost me $8. So you don't have to spend a lot of money. But even if you don't have a microphone yet, like, do you have headphones that came with your cell phone? Start with that or just go somewhere quiet because it doesn't have to be perfect. You can just like get better as you go along. And then the, the most frustrating part of video, and even for me now that I've been doing it this long, is editing video. It's slow. The, the software is confusing and way more complicated because it was designed for people make, you know, like Steven Spielberg making Star Wars, not designed for people like us. And so the best way to start is start with live video. Because if you can go on Facebook, all you have to do is instead of go doing a post, you go hit that go live button and start talking. You don't have to learn how to edit. You don't have to do any of those other stuff. And, you know, once you've got a body of work of videos and then you start thinking, I want to do other things with it, then you can worry about learning the editing. But to get started, don't just skip that step. Oh, I love that. So rare that someone tells you to skip a step and everything still works. <laughs> Yeah. And the other thing that's like fun about live videos is no one expects them to be perfect. Like think of the last time you watched a live news broadcast or a sporting event or the Oscars. These are professional broadcasters who went to school to be a broadcaster and that's all they do all day long and they get paid to do it. And they're not perfect. They make a mistake. They forget a word. They mispronounce a word. They stumble over something. and. Nobody throws things at them. Like they don't get fired. They just keep going on. So for those like you and I who are not professional broadcasters, like our business is something else and the broadcasting is just something we do as part of it, nobody's expecting you to be perfect. So if you go live, people don't care. The other thing about live video, which is really kind of cool, is like Facebook's own internal stats, LinkedIn, Instagram, all of them are seeing that People watch live videos longer than pre-recorded videos. Hmm. And the really surprising bit is even when they're watching the replay of a live video. And in fact, the vast majority of people who watch your videos are going to be watching on the replay. They're not going to be live. I was once, there was somebody who I follow who's a big influencer. Like she has tens of thousands of followers on Instagram. And she was doing a live video and I, I, I want to go because this topic is really interesting to me. And every time she does a live video, she has like four or five, 600 comments. Never mind the likes. These are comments. People have commented. And I was watching this live video and there was four of us. I could see four people watching. And I'm like, that's weird. Like, what's going on? Why aren't there people watching this? And but I stayed because she was teaching great stuff. I learned. And then the next day I kind of woke up and went, hmm, I wonder. So I went back to the replay of the live video and sure enough, there were 500 comments on it because everybody watched it. So even really big 
like superstar people, most people watch it on the replay. So when you're going live, you know, you don't have to feel bad if you don't have, you know, if it's just your mother watching your live stream, because people are going to watch it later. That's a really good point. Um, Because that is something we do need to manage our expectations around that, like who's actually going to see it, that kind of thing. Because you're right, people go live and they figure everybody should just show up, especially if they announce that they're going live on a particular day at a particular time, and they sort of feel like their people should just show up. But most of us, I do the same thing. I catch almost everything on replay. So I totally see what you're saying there. Netflix has trained us to watch stuff when we want to watch it, not when it's being broadcast. And your viewers are no different. But, you know, there's things you can do. Like in my Camera Shy Entrepreneur course, I have a module where I teach people how to get more people to show up live. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if they're live or if they watch it an hour later or three weeks later, it's if, you know, if you're providing valuable content, you're, you're just happy when people show up when they want to. I love that. And I love all the information you share there around the tech and using what you have to get started. Um, As you grow and grow your comfort zone with that, you may find that you think, oh, I, I would like to try branch out into maybe a new microphone. And so you can go to YouTube or other sources or a good friend who uses these things a lot. If you happen to have someone that does a lot of videos in your life and you can ask them and you can get some feedback and then make a purchase. And as you go, you can grow. So I love those pieces and those, that advice, because you're right. You don't have to have the whole massive setup in order to be able to do it. And that may in fact, just be an excuse to not do it. Um, if you're being honest with yourself. Yeah. And the nice thing, like if you've never been live before at your first few live videos, you're not going to get a ton of people even on the replay. So if you haven't, you don't have the money or the time yet to get that microphone or to get a tripod or do whatever, it doesn't matter because not as many people will see it. And as you get better and as more people start coming, then you can start thinking about, hey, maybe it's worth it to spend a little bit of money, but you absolutely don't have to. Yep. That's very profound. I I love that you said that because that's, that is something that holds people back. When you look at some of these things, they can be quite pricey. And so I can see somebody saying like, that's not in my budget, or do I need to have this thing or that piece of tech in order to be able to do this? So not having to do that is really awesome. Um, And then let me see, we've addressed the not liking yourself on camera. We've addressed the tech piece. And then there was the last piece, which I hear all the time too, about being on podcasting and TV. How do you do it? I never know what to say. So what do you say to that? Well, there's, I mean, first of all, you want to plan ahead. You should never just go live and just wing it. Plan ahead because I mean, one of the biggest fears that people have is that I'm going to go on camera and I'm just going to go, I have nothing to say. So you want to plan it out ahead. And there's three categories of content that I think you should be doing if you're trying to first, you know, get visible. You want people to actually see you. You want people to get to know, like, and trust you because, you know, if you're doing this as a business, you want, that's what you want. People need to, especially if you're a coach or a consultant or a healer, anything where what you're doing is really important, the people need to trust you a lot before they reach into their wallet and hire you. So 
So you need to have videos that show off your expertise, let people get to know you. And then interestingly, when I'm working with most of my clients, the piece that they they forget the most is what I call the show me the money videos. And that's the videos that remind people you're a business and you have something to offer. And the show me the money videos aren't always like buy from me, but they are like letting people know you have a business. So you need videos in each of those three categories and they need to like, you know, over and over again. But once, once you have those three categories, then you can start getting into, you know, the specifics. And, um, I think we, we talked about before we got on camera, one of the most important ones is in the, like getting people to know you is just reintroduce yourself to your audience. Um, because nobody cares as much about you as you do. And until they actually need what you have to offer, a lot of people are going to forget, you know, maybe they followed you and they're like, who the heck is this person? Why am I following them? So remind them who you are and what you do and why, why they, uh, they followed you in the first place. Absolutely. Um, and you just made me think of a couple of things. One is that the algorithms of different platforms, I mean, we do these videos or or posts and we think it goes out to absolutely everybody we're connected with. The reality is it doesn't. So like on Facebook, I think you see about 200 people's posts. So if you have like four or 5,000 people on your friends list, there's a lot of people you're not seeing anything that they're putting out there. So when we put out these videos, we think, you know, again, some will catch it in replay, but those are the people who already kind of know, like, and trust us. They're going to come back and look for us anyway, or we're in their algorithm and being shown. But the reality is a lot of people don't, or you think they do. Thank you for being a part of the Living Your Legacy podcast community in 2022. We can honestly say 2023 is going to be an exciting year. We've got some new things going on that we'd like to share with you. The Living Your Legacy podcast is now offering advertising spots. We found many entrepreneurs spent lots of money on advertising last year, only to find that they weren't falling in front of their ideal audience. We'd love to help you get your message out. Let's discuss this. Click the link in the show notes to book a time to chat and see if this could be a good fit for you. So Andrea, you had a really good story about that, about a guy in your networking group. So uh, yeah. why don't you share that? Because it really highlights how we think everybody knows who we are. And yeah, then well, you realize I, I, they don't. Yeah, I belong to a networking group. It was one of those ones where you meet every week for lunch and it's the same group of people. And every week you stand up and you say, hi, my name's Andrea. I help people with their marketing. And and there was this guy, Bill, who was in this group with me. We were in the group for a year and I'd actually known him before we joined this networking group. I have known him forever. And if you had asked me before this one incident, I would have bet a million dollars and I'm not a millionaire, but I would have bet a million dollars that Bill knew exactly and precisely what I do. And so one day I was going, I was hired by a local company to come and train their staff on social media. And so I happened to just do a post. This wasn't even a video. This was just a regular post saying, I'm going to do a workshop on social media for blah company and just post it. Like it took me 30 seconds to write, post it on LinkedIn and then went off to do my workshop, come back. And there's a message from Bill from my networking group saying, Andrea, 
could you help me put my business on social media? And I nearly fell over in a dead faint because I thought he knew. He'd heard me every week for a year stand up and tell people that's what I did. But it wasn't until he had that thought, I need to get my business on social media. And then I happened to pop up in front of him right when he had that thought. And that's when he reached out to me. And that's that's why we do content marketing, whether it's video or posts or pictures or whatever. It's because you need to have the right message in front of the right people at the right time. So the right message is what you say. And and as you get better at understanding who your clients are in your marketing, you know what the right message is. The right people is mostly under your control because of who you connect with and how you target it. But the right time you have absolutely no control over. That's entirely in your client's hands. And that's why you don't go to just one networking meeting. That's why you don't just make one video. That's why you don't just post once. That's why people do advertising and over and over again, because you don't know when the right time is until it's the right time. Mm-hmm. So important. So Andrea, I wanted to address a little bit. We had talked about this again off camera and you have touched on it a little around being intentional with your messaging. So can you just highlight a little bit about that? Like, what would that look like if this is the first someone's hearing of this? What would that, what does that mean? Well, I mean, one of the things is um, a lot of times when people are doing content marketing, they feel like everything they do needs to be absolutely 100% unique and original. But the fact of the matter is people we all of us like it's you know it's not just you know your clients it's me it's you michelle we all need to hear a message over and over again before it sinks in it you know it used to be called the rule of seven which says people need to hear a marketing message seven times before they take action but the rule of seven goes back to the middle of last century when people had maybe one television station, a couple of radio stations, and maybe they read a couple of newspapers. So the amount of marketing messages they saw in any given day was really, really small. Mm-hmm. And nowadays we got like everything coming yeah. at us all over the place on our phone, on our computer, on a television, on the radio, you know, driving by it's on the side of people's cars. And so it's actually now Google has based on their research is it's um, what they call the zero moment of truth, which they've discovered that the zero moment of truth is when somebody has this idea, I need help with something. I want to buy something. I want to hire somebody and they Google it. And then they start the process of researching the solution to whatever problem they have. And so, and then after the zero moment of truth, you've got the 7-11-4 rule, which is expanded from the marketing seven. So it says that people need to hear your message actually 11 times, not seven times. And they need to see it in four different places. So that might be Facebook, might be Instagram, it might be in their email inbox, it might be on, on a Zoom call, whatever, but they need four different places. And seven hours of interaction with you before they buy. And so you can see why video starts becoming really powerful. Because even a short live video that's, say, like 10 minutes long is 
they're spending a lot more time with you than if you just do a little quote graphic on Instagram and they they see it for five seconds as they scroll through their phone. So it, it's really giving people that chance to interact with you, to get to know you. And, and so you need to, you know, have the same message multiple times. So maybe like you're not reposting the same video over and over, but maybe you're talking about the same topic in different ways. And maybe this time you tell a story and this time maybe you share a tip and this time you do a demonstration, but it's all around the same topic and you need to have a plan of that content. But it, once you have that, you realize that everything doesn't have to be 100% original. Suddenly the content creation becomes faster and easier because you know this material really well and you don't have to always invent something new. You can mm -hmm. just, um, you know, kind of riff on what you've already talked about and expand on it or come at it from a different angle, use different words, use use different examples so that people, you know, and people understand things different ways, you know we've all experienced that where you've heard five different experts say exactly the same thing. And it's one of the only one of them. You go, Oh, now I get it. Right. And that's what you need to do with your marketing is it, come at it from different ways and tell something, tell somebody goes, oh, I didn't understand that before. And now I do. Mm -hmm. Yes. I've had similar experiences, but in parenting where you say the same things <laughs> over and over and over to your kid. And then they come home from school and said, well, mom, the teacher said, and you're like, I've been saying this thing for weeks and now you're only hearing it. So yes, that is definitely accurate and true. People <laughs> don't necessarily hear everything the first time or 10 times you say it for sure. Um, I love that. So Andrea, given all this information now, one of the questions that comes up and I know that people feel this is this worry and concern around making mistakes. So you flub your words, things happen. I can tell you today, I've already made one mistake that when I set this up and we started recording, I was in a different layout and I switched it partway through. People will have noticed that. So mistakes definitely happen, right? So how do you suggest people handle those mistakes? Like what are what's some advice you can give people around that to try and, I mean, obviously people try to avoid mistakes, but that's completely impossible as human beings, particularly, you know, you could be doing a great video. It's going along swimmingly well for 20 minutes. And at the 21st minute, there's a mistake. Do you really want to stop and start that whole thing all over again? Probably not. So what do you suggest? Well, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I I recommend live video because you can't stop and start over. Once you've hit go live, you have to keep going. And really, it's like if you're in person, like say you and I, instead of being on, on camera, we were sitting in a coffee shop talking. If I made a mistake on a word, I don't get up, walk out of the coffee shop and come back in and start <laughs> I, over. You know, I, I just, would be shocked if you, I'd be like, what? What on earth just happened here? <laughs> exactly. So you just you just correct yourself and move on. If it's really egregious, maybe you laugh a little bit, but generally you just correct yourself and keep going. And that's what you do on camera is just keep going. If it's something like really hilarious, like, I don't know, do you remember early on in the pandemic and there was that reporter and his toddler came in and then the <laughs> yeah. wife kind of came in and she's trying, and she's trying to be off, you know, something like that is just so funny, mm -hmm. but it was, you know, it was part of that, that, 
you know, work and home life edges blurring. You know, it has like completely that. happened on this show as well, where my son has shown up and like wanted to say hello. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I used to, when I used to have a cat, my one cat would never come to me when I was on the computer, except when I was on a live stream. And then he would like, it was like he knew and he'd be like, hello, <laughs> hello, I'm here. So, you know, mm-hmm. so if it's something like that, that's funny, just acknowledge it, that it's funny. But if you've made a mistake, just correct yourself and keep going. Because honestly, you are going to be your own worst critic. And most people won't even notice that. Mm-hmm. And then, but I got to tell you one time I was doing um, a TikTok video. I was trying to record a TikTok video and I hit like the record and then I sneezed right away. And it was not like, <laughs> it was not a ladylike sneeze. This was a like knock over the, like your neighbor sneeze. It was a big one. And so, you know what? I just went grit and I like published it and I got tons of reaction because people thought it was funny and it was, mm-hmm. but it was also human. Yes. And that's that's part of what we're doing is we're trying to let people see that you are a real person, not some anonymous business on the internet, but you're a real person and to err is human. So, you know, I know it's hard because as a recovering perfectionist, it really goes against my grain not to be perfect. Mm-hmm. But I've also come to accept the fact that I'm not. I'm a human being and sometimes I mess up and I just have to accept that. You are right. I want to touch on the piece you said about being your own worst critic. Truthfully, when I see videos where people have made a mistake or maybe they sneeze or they giggle or somebody shows up on the video that was not planned to be a part of the video, um, I actually find it quite endearing. I think, oh my gosh, like that's so real. And I can relate to real when it's a picture perfect video and it's very well, very professionally produced. I like it, but I don't relate to it the same way because I'm not that picture perfect. My life isn't that picture perfect, right? I certainly don't edit picture perfectly um, when I'm doing any of the editing and things along those lines. And Lots of times, even though I prep my message, I might flub a word or forget the question or lose track meander in what I'm talking about. So it can certainly happen. But from the recipient end of things, I always find that so endearing. I just, it's that moment that I'm like, oh, that's where I decide that I like someone. Like, I like that. I like that they didn't edit that piece out, that they... Like with that reporter, I thought that was the sweetest thing. And, you know, then I paid attention to that reporter more. I'm like, that's just so cute. Right. Or again, when you're in a meeting or you're doing a live video and your child shows up or your spouse shows up or somebody shows up and waves or the pet gets right up into the camera, like all that stuff is just that's funny and relatable because everybody's had those moments where things just didn't go right. And you're like, what do you do? Right? Like that's life. Uh, I think too, how you respond to it. Just like you said, if we were in a restaurant and and you forgot a word and then all of a sudden we're like, and got up and left and then came back and started the whole conversation. I'd be really kind of weirded out. Like, I don't, what, what? (laughs) Well, and it was also, I I heard somebody talking about that, like the, the idea of family coming in, especially when, you know, early on in the pandemic, when people Mm. were doing it for the first time. And there was somebody talking about, you know, the difference between if you're on camera and your child comes in and you scream at them, get out, get out versus 
me a second and deal with your child and then come back to the camera. Like you get a different feeling for that person. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe there are people who would scream at their own kids and would look at that and go, yep, that's my person. But, (laughs) But like a lot, you know, as a mother, if I saw somebody screaming at their kid, I'd be like, Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> right. So, so yeah, it is about because that's really what video is about is letting people see that you're relatable. And there's a word that a lot of social media marketers use, which I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with, and that's authenticity. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, being the authentic you, being the person you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so. And, you know, okay, you're maybe not exactly you. Maybe it's you, but a little bit more professional. Like, for example, in when the camera's not rolling and I'm alone in my house, I'm a little sweary. <laughs> I use, mm-hmm. well, I, I, my son learned the, the F word for me when he was two and I didn't mean <laughs> to teach him it. It just did. Mm-hmm. I don't swear on camera because the main, <laughs> when I was a teenager, I was a lifeguard. And we were very precious as lifeguards Mm. because we were guarding lives. We were very, and one of the things was there are families in this pool. And to this day, I still cannot swear in a public pool because Mm. it was this, this whole we're lifeguards and it's a family. Like we were very serious about it. And that, that is in professional situations. I don't swear. I just can't, I literally cannot do it. I don't do it. Um, it's very rare that I've dropped any kind of a curse word anywhere in a professional situation. And I think it goes back to those days when we were guarding life. Um, but that's, that's, all. that's also part, that's just part of, part of my brand, but you know, I'm also, I'm a little bit goofy sometimes. And I do that sometimes on my, on camera. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I tell funny stories. I'm, I'm not so stiff and formal. Now, if I had been doing this 20 years ago, I probably would be more stiff and formal because I didn't have the confidence to just be myself and say, okay, if you don't like that, go find somebody who is diff- not slightly goofy. But, you know, so that's part that's part of it too, is just you want to, the people who are going to most enjoy working with you are going to see the real you and go, yes, mm-hmm. yes, that's exactly, that's the kind of person I want to work with. And so that's, that's part of it too, is just being real and, you know, don't try to be perfect. Um, you know, I tell a story that I still do it sometimes in Instagram reels. I don't do it so much in live, but sometimes when I'm pre-recording videos, I put on fake broadcaster voice and I kind of <laughs> feel like, remember the Mary Tyler Moore show, whenever Ted Baxter was on camera and he put on this, that's what I do <laughs> when I'm trying to pre-record. And I have to go, oh, Andrea, stop it. <laughs> and but when I get on live, because it's live and I can't go back and there's no do-overs, I forget about putting on sometimes at the beginning I put on fake, fake broadcaster Andrea voice. But once I get going, I just speak like me because I'm I have to think about what I'm going to say and I know I right. can't do it over. And you know, so that's part of it is just like be yourself and accept the fact that you are a human being, you're not perfect, and be who you are when you're working with clients, you know, like, like I said, I don't, I don't swear professionally, even I do do in my personal life because Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't feel comfortable with that, Mm -hmm. but that's me and that's my choice and that's who I am. Yep. And you're right. I think the more you, the more you are you, 
the more the people who resonate with you will find you. So, and that's yeah. who you're looking for, right? And you in want fact, to work I was, with I was working with a, um, a business consultant who was also a psychic. And she was really struggling with her marketing. And one of the things was, like, she used her psychic abilities when she worked with clients, but she never told anybody she was a psychic. And so her marketing wasn't working because deep down she felt like she was lying whenever she was marketing and people sense that like if you're not you but she was afraid to to put it out there because she says people are going to think i'm crazy and i'm like Mm -hmm. well yeah there are people who are going to think you're crazy but the people who are interested in a psychic business consultant people who believe in psychics are going to be attracted to that so she kind of looked at me a little sideways, but she decided to go and try it. And then she came back to me a couple of months later and she said, it's amazing. She said, when I tell people I'm a psychic business consultant, she goes, yeah, there's some people who go, she goes, but there's other people who lean in and go, tell me more. And she was now booked solid because, wow. and she was having more fun because she didn't have to hide this big part of her personality mm-hmm. and her style from her clients. In fact, that's why they came to her was because of that. So, you know, be you and, you know, but you don't have to share, share everything of you, but be you and the people who are meant to work with you, who want to work with you, who will love you, will find you and be happy to see you. Absolutely. Those are some really brilliant words of advice, and hopefully that's going to inspire some people. But in the meantime, I do want to, uh, just touch on something because I ask all of my guests to send me some written information about themselves. And I love what Andrea wrote about creating her own legacy. Um, because that is something that I'm hearing from my guests and from listeners that this idea of legacy is a relatively new one. They haven't really thought about this very much. But Andrea and I have actually had several conversations around this. And I wanted to share with you um, in our audience what Andrea wrote as being her personal legacy. So if you don't love her already, this next piece is just going to cement her right to you. So here's what she wrote. My own personal legacy is to purchase a multi-generational home for my family. I want to be close to my parents so they can have the help they need as they age while still keeping their independence. I also want a space for my son. Housing costs have grown so out of reach, I'd like him to have a space he can afford, but is still his own. Plus, he'll be on hand to also help with his grandparents. That is such a beautiful legacy to want to put out there. What made you come to that place of that decision, Andrea? Well, I mean, my parents lived on the other side of the country. And then about 12 years ago, my dad had a second bout of cancer. Mm. And they were kind of like, this is getting to be too hard being half a country away from you. And so they they moved to Owen Sound where where I live. And originally, we had actually thought about buying a house together, but we just couldn't find anything. And my parents had sold their house. And so they were like kind of under the gun. So they bought a house. But now that they're getting older, it's getting a little more challenging. My dad has some other health issues. And then when the pandemic hit, 
And there were some of the awful things that happened in nursing homes. And like my sister and I had this conversation, like, no way, they're not, they're not, that's not happening. They're not going into a nursing home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my parents only live seven blocks away from me. So it's not like it's hard to help them. But, you know, like my mom doesn't want to call if she can't open a jar or right. if, you know, or even just shoveling the driveway. She doesn't like the idea of us having to come over. Whereas if we were all under one roof, you know, we would have to shovel the, our driveway anyway for us to get out. Mm-hmm. And so it would just benefit them. There's, you know, there's stuff that we can do. And yeah, so that's just, that's really what it, what it's about. And, you know, like one of the things my husband and I've started doing is we go over every Saturday and play bridge with my parents because I know my, you know, like they're not going to be here forever. Mm-hmm. And I want to enjoy them while I can, while I can, while they can. And so it's really just, I guess family has always been really important to me. And I just Mm -hmm. sort of realizing this is the easy, that would be the easiest way to do the things we want to do and take care of them and still have, you know, still have the life we want. Mm -hmm. And so that's Mm -hmm. really that's kind of my biggest motivator right now. So, you know, you know, as an entrepreneur, sometimes you have those days where you just go, oh, I just want to go back to bed and not work. And then yep. I think about, okay, this is what I want. And sometimes, you know, sometimes we'll be able to just go and like start scrolling the real estate mm-hmm. too, because the house we need, the the cost of our two houses, if we sold our houses, isn't quite enough to do it. So I, it's really motivating me and my business as well. But it's, you know, it's something that I, I really want to do. And it, you know, it will be just a nice, an, a nice way to care for my family and still have, still ha- have us all have our independence and yeah. we can all support each other. And, you know, it used, there was a time when multi-generational was the norm. Mm-hmm. And I think more and more people are going to that, but that's, you know, that's really what I want is I want to, I want to have, and my, plus like when I was younger, my parents helped me, mm-hmm. they helped us a lot. And I think, you know, I want to, I want to be able to be there for them. I don't want them to ever have a situation where they're having to make decisions they don't want to make. Yeah. And if, if I can move them in, into the house and then we can be there to help them, you know, so that if my mom needs a jar, a lid off a jar and we're right there, we can just do it. And mom, I'm sure is going to somehow appear in your videos somewhere along the way in a multi-generational house guaranteed. Someone's going to show up in a video somewhere, which could be really fun. Um, Andrea, I love what you said. That is so inspiring uh, that you have this vision of how you would really like to support and keep your family close by. I think that's that inspired me a lot when I heard it the first time. So I wanted to make sure that our audience heard that. Because what you're doing is all about helping other people to better themselves to achieve their goals. But at the same time, them working with you helps you to achieve your own legacy. I love how that's very circular. That's amazing. So I know that you've got something you wanted to share with everybody in the audience. There's a something that you were offering to people. So could you share a little bit about that? Well, when we talked about that idea of people being strategic with their videos and knowing what to say and that like that's the struggle. So I've got a free report that I've put together and it's called seven videos to make this month to explode your visibility, show off your expertise and grow your business. And if people download that, it's going to give them the, the seven videos you need to make. And they fit into those three categories I mentioned. But 
if you have not been consistent with your video marketing, you know, if you do one video a week, that's the next two months of videos done for you. Oh, that's a really awesome thought right there for someone. Someone's like, oh, that is just what I was searching for. So by all means, the link to that will be in the show notes. So come and check it out. Now, Andrea, I am sure just like me, there are going to be people who are listening and watching this and they're going to think I need more of her. What's the best way, aside from your seven videos to create that freebie, what's the best way for people to reach you? Well, I mean, my main home on the, on the internet is my website, thebabyboomerentrepreneur.com. And I apologize, nobody can spell entrepreneur, but that's the way it is. <laughs> or search on any social media for Andrea Stenberg. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. And I managed to claim Andrea Stenberg first. There are other Andrea Stenbergs online, but I got there first. So no. you can, you can find me. Fantastic. And some of those links will be down in the show notes. So we're going to make it as easy as possible for you to reach out to Andrea. Um, Andrea, I just wanted to say thank you so much. You're right. Video is king. And anybody who's trying to achieve really anything needs to understand um, that video can work. And you did a really good job today of demystifying it and taking some of the some of the scary away from creating videos. Um, because it isn't about being perfect. It's about being you. And the people who need you and what you're doing um, are going to find you that way. I love the tips you gave around, um, you know, that it's 11 uh, exposures across four different platforms, but seven hours. So that's the part that really stuck me today that seven hours, they need to connect with you. And so again, if you're going to follow her tips and got eight months or two months worth of videos, eight videos out there, that's several hours worth of videos that people have now had those exposures to you. So I highly encourage people to consider just getting out there and getting her done. Perfection is not the goal. The goal is to reach the people who need you. So by all means, I really recommend connecting with Andrea. If you've got more questions, if you'd like more information, go download her freebie there. That's an amazing little freebie and reach out to connect. I know Andrea is an amazing person to chat with very much like being on this call today. She's so awesome and fun. Andrea, thank you so much for sharing with us your expertise in this particular area. I hope that people will find it really helpful. I'm sure they will. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for inviting me, Michelle. Does the thought of follow-up give you a foul taste? Do you find yourself wondering how you can ever stand out from the crowd, but need it to be easy and convenient? With a system like Send Out Cards, you can stay in touch and top of mind with only a few keystrokes. People's inboxes might be full, but their mailboxes are empty. Reach people literally where they live, work, or play, and watch the warm fuzzies go to work for you. See the show notes for a link where you can send your first card on me. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Together, we can inspire more people to start living their legacy too. And let's keep the conversation going. We would love to hear all about your journey in living your legacy and support you along the way. Join our Facebook community, Living Your Legacy Podcast, where we connect, collaborate, and celebrate each other. Can't wait to see you there.